0: You are listening to the Emulsion Podcast, a show that informs and inspires the restaurant industry to work, live, and create better. My name is Justin Kana. I'm a chef and media producer with almost 10 years of experience in award-winning restaurants all over the world. I created this show as a way to give back, to inspire the next generation, and help you progress your career. The Emulsion Podcast is sponsored by you folks, and Patreon is where that happens. If you're here as a return listener and enjoyed the episode you just came from and happen to want to support more episodes, visit patreon.com Justin I'd really appreciate it if you can. I totally understand if you can't. Free ways you can support this show include leaving a like or comment on this episode, filling up all five stars on iTunes so more people can find us, or simply sharing an episode with a friend. This is an interview episode. If you missed out on asking your burning question to today's guest, that's probably because you aren't following me on Instagram or Twitter. I use the handy-dandy question feature in my Instagram stories, and I also start a thread for each guest on Twitter. So between the two of those, that's the best way to take advantage of the access I hope to bring you with this show and all of the interviews i do let's learn a little bit more about today's interviewee shall we
1: when you're up at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> still cleaning up after an event you see attitude attitude totally. is everything <laughs> yeah yeah. so in those crunch moments what are people like mm-hmm. and not just the first time not when they're training after you're comfortable after runs everyone's like joking around and having a good time and those like events afterwards when you're comfortable or those environments or situations whatever that might be that attitude and integrity stuff is really what comes out.
0: What is up, folks? Welcome to episode 79 of the Emulsion Podcast. My name is Justin Khanna and my guest today is Jade Leong. Her official job title is the chief voyager at her company, Voyager's Table, which is an events production company and specialty catering business-based Right here in Seattle. Jade and I randomly met at a friend's cocktail party and she was there shaking and pouring drinks just as a favor to that friend of ours and her and I got to talking. She's like, I do events. I was like, I'm a chef. She's like, let's chat. And from there, one thing kinda led to another. And a few weeks after this interview, we I did all the food at a smashingly successful party of hers, and she ended up asking me to be the resident chef at Voyager's table for a season. And I wholeheartedly said yes. So that's a quickie news update for you. If there's any Anything that Voyager's Table does that is more than kind of a cocktail hour or one of their signature grazing tables, they consult with me on the menu and the execution of that food, which we get into a little bit in this interview. Jade is very quick to admit that she is not a chef as much as she loves food and very well knows the power of food in bringing people together. She is very comfortable with giving me a lot of control with the food at the events that I collaborate with them on, and it makes her an insane pleasure to work with. So I'm very, very excited. To announce that and continue working with her going forward. So, in this episode, we talk about how to send that first email to a potential client, the key things that she uses when talking about her services, and how one of her products in particular, at the time of recording this, had a 100% success rate when she offered it to a client, which is pretty cool. Uh, Running a business outside of your home country, starting from zero and working for free, but working for free practically. I think that was a very, very key takeaway. A quickie tip on how to come up with a name for your brand, the difference between a event producer, a caterer, a wedding planner, and why it's so important to know the differences for yourself if you're wanting to get into events. And of course, so much more. I fueled Jade up with a bunch of caffeine and increased her already bubbly nature. Uh, So she truly provided a lot of amazing takeaways for not just anyone following in her footsteps, but anyone beyond. So please enjoy our conversation. For you, I'd love the State of the Union on the catering space and event planning and mm-hmm. maybe chefs in that space and then yep. how you're thinking about marketing and what what you're excited about right now. Yep. In in what is it? May of okay. almost yeah. it's June tomorrow of twenty eighteen. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay, so State of the Union. Okay, so that is probably something that we should Cover Mm -hmm. is that's my struggle. Is I don't want to be known as a catering business. One, because I'm not a chef. Right. And two, that's not actually our core value proposition, right? Like our sweet spot is event strategy and production for powerful connection. To help people create powerful connections with a brand or with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of our angle. The catering side, the grazing table, I just specifically call it grazing tables and dinner parties, mm-hmm. is because that stuff facilitates powerful connection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd love to talk, if, if there's a way to frame it, so that it's clear, like, we aren't positioning ourselves as a catering company. Mm-hmm. But we, which is actually even part of why we're having a conversation yeah, 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 yeah. is because I want to be connected to great chefs who do amazing things. Totally. Um, but I can comment on the catering uh, yeah, yeah, situation yeah, 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 yeah. in Seattle because uh-huh. it's kind of lacking creativity. Do it. Just keep, just
0: riff on it. Yeah. Riff okay. on it. Go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, what is that for you? Like what are you frustrated with and why Why position yourself like that? Because I get like that too, mm. where people hear, people want it one or the other, and I've had a struggle with it too, where it's like, you're a chef, what's your specialty? Yeah. And I hear it all the time where it's like, <sighs> I can do so many things Yeah, because I've been trained in all these different avenues, but at the same time, it would be great to be known as you know the indian fusion style person and you get called for every single one of those parties Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this before where you don't want to pigeonhole yourself yep um why not why why that way
1: yeah yeah why do we want it to be Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. Um, there's a part of it where it's it's really nice to have that clarity because it means you can collaborate really effectively with other great people. Like and you know I'm, what to say
0: no to. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And I have had many instances, you know, in the early days and even, even recently where you're like, you're tempted to take the work because it pays. And you just know that taking it is going to be more energy, more resources than you actually should be spending and it's this dilemma, and we're getting so much better at it because the clarity around, okay, we're very specific. Grazing tables, dinner parties, event production. Uh-huh. But, you know. Uh-huh. And then we have the other side of the business, which is Voyager Talent, which is all the talent hospitality stuff that gets into the really cool kind of sure. things, which kind of endorses our grazing table event production side of things. Uh-huh. But it's, it's so niche, uh-huh. right? Like, uh-huh. I get calls to go to L.A. to do one specific event I fly down and I fly back. Right, <laughs> it's right, like right. It's not the same client every month. It's mm-hmm. the same client every year that got asks it. you back for this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, But so to come, sorry, mm-hmm. come back to why do we want to play in that lane? It's because the older I get, the more I realize I've only got limited time and energy to spend on this. I have 24 hours in a day. I have my creative capacity and it's growing but it's still growing, right? Like with all of us. So if you swim in a lane that's not yours, you're expending X percent more energy, X percent, you know, more resources when you could take that time, especially, and put it into doing something that you do well and generate more momentum and more business in your lane. totally, And then help other people with their, mm-hmm. you know, their passion projects and stuff.
0: What's, so, what's that golden ratio of like... Staying in your lane, but also like testing the waters and that other swimming.
1: Off the top of my head, like if I was instinctively Mm -hmm. to answer that, it'd Mm -hmm. be somewhere around the 15% mark for me. 10 to 15%. Right. So like one in every 10 events, we're stretching ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're doing something that we're not normally doing. But we're also doing it with a client who knows us really well, so would rather do it with us. totally. And then it's like, I mean, that's why the stuff with WeWork, I'll do stuff for them. Or for like makers, because mm-hmm. one, I know the venues, I know the people, and also there's a lot more forgiveness. Sure. So it's it's that dance yeah. and the strategy of going, This is a client who has no idea who we are.
3: Mm-hmm. Let's
1: not try to do anything that's not in our lane because yeah, yeah, we yeah. want to wow them mm-hmm. so that they're like mouth open, oh my god, that was phenomenal. Sure. And it's the other side of that is having confidence in what you do. Mm-hmm. Right? So like people, you know, we get requests all the time to do like plated sit-down dinners, and I'm like I can do it for 10 people and it's home style and I'd be there with an apron and like your nonna and great and it's, you know, family style, but that's not my lane. Sure. So I'm like, I, I don't, um, you know, like it's, it's nice, but it's actually, I'm much better at this. Mm -hmm. So if you give me this to work with,
3: Mm -hmm. I'll
1: give you something that I know because we've done the homework and we're seeing, you know, what the energy of the, the, event world is like what gatherings and, and people's parties are like because that's our job mm-hmm. and we're going to give you something that your guests will not have thought about or considered and then suddenly their eyes are open right we did an event the other day where um for the intellectual property lawyers kind of you mm-hmm. know conference and it's my favorite thing when you get stuffy suited very <laughs> reserved i mean these guys are like trademark lawyers uh-huh. like yeah. like so totally like <laughs> so in there yeah, yeah, yeah
0: head in the file cabinet right
1: they're taking pictures of the food. Yeah. And let you go to an event with yeah. a buffet mm-hmm. and take pictures of the food because mm-hmm. it was beautiful. True. It was this gorgeous breakfast. It was a grazing table. It's our signature. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these really nerdy, sweet lawyers are like, people yeah, yeah. <laughs> are taking photos. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the best ever. Right, right. And that's when you know. Mm-hmm. That's the satisfying feeling of knowing, yep, yeah, that's why we do this.
0: Totally. So take to take it more like super tactical because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that are going to be listening that are trying to get into planning their own events or do pop-ups yep. or whatever.
3: Yep.
0: What I'm a client mm-hmm. and I email you mm-hmm. and I say yep. this is exactly what I want, yep. but it's not exactly what you do as your specialty. Yeah.
3: Yep.
0: What is that appropriate response? Do you sure. do you have a rolodex of people that you refer them to? Do yep. you try to entice them into your own thing? Like what was what is that wording? What do you use?
1: So the place I start is with the budget totally. and the scope.
0: And you ask that question. Correct. What is your budget? Yes. Got it. I'm
1: always on the budget. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, it minimizes sticker shock. Totally. Secondly, as you're building your business, and I find this did this when we ran the startup, building the software. Like I, I wanna say a lot of women entrepreneurs struggle with this as well, but I also know guy entrepreneurs who do. So it's not gendered, but Mm -hmm. it can lean towards this. Mm -hmm. You underestimate your value. Right. So there's two, the strategy of asking the budget is twofold. Mm -hmm. One, you want to know what their, their capacity is, how serious they are. And when you start talking money, That's when you either don't get the email back or you're like, oh, yeah, here's what we were thinking. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So we did an an event with (laughs) – I won't say the client. We did an event with a Silicon Valley company
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and uh, we, you know, we were talking with them about menus and blah, blah, blah. And I asked the question about the budget. The answer that I got was twice as much as what I would yeah, have proposed, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so I we obviously you want to make sure that people get value, totally. so you don't just do oh sure you'll pay twice as much mm-hmm. we'll do it blah blah right, blah. Right, it's it's knowing your place in the market, right, but right. getting the budget scope mm-hmm. and their level of uh what's the word kind of risk aversion yeah, or yeah, pro risk yeah. kind of-ness mm-hmm. is really important because then you can go okay so. Based on what you've told me, so it's like budget, who's your client, really understanding who the guests are and Mm -hmm. who's attending, because if it's like, and then that's where you've got to know your people as well. So if it's like creative people or it's people that you know well, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's how we can move them 20% in a new direction, an exciting direction. So you can offer something. Mm -hmm. But I find that that initial conversation, asking about the scope, asking about the budget gives you a lot of information. My preference is always to do that on the phone. Mm-hmm. A 10, 15 minute conversation saves about five to six emails. Got it. So it's really and it's also more personable,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, I have an accent, so that kind of helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. regardless, you you are if you're thinking about getting into events, it's a service industry. Mm-hmm. It's like any hospitality it's job, right? Service. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to interact with your clients right. and to really woo them mm. to do business with you. And there should be these, well, I call them red flags. So it's red flags about how quickly they get back to you, um, how quickly they pay the deposit. Mm-hmm. So there's these little red flags yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that tell me whether a client is going to be high maintenance sure. <laughs> or open to suggestions mm-hmm. um, or not. Right. And so those are the things that I use. And then coming back to, ask me that question one more time because mm-hmm. I want to make sure I answer it
0: the person who's wanting to get in, what is that, if I'm a client, mm. just what does that exchange yep. look like? And yep. you're answering all the right questions. What are some other, like you see those red flags where yep. it's like they don't want to pay the deposit. They're yep. not getting back to you. Yep. What are some best practices that you've used or yep. that you would recommend other people to do yes. if they experience that for the first yeah, time? Yeah, so
1: let's let's answer also that question you asked that, that was about how do you know whether to swim in your lane right. or to step out? Right. And so what what I like to do in that 10 to 15 minute conversation on the phone or if it has to be by email is here's let me really understand what it is you're looking for. Mm. Here's what we do really well and I say that Mm -hmm. I say we specialize in XYZ grazing tables or creating environments that allow brands to really connect with their customers. Tailor it. Use the right language. Mm. Use the language that they're looking for but make sure it's what you deliver Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and from there I also send them um, menus or like, you know, like, here's our grazing table menu. Right. Here's some images of what it looks like. Totally. People are visual. Right. right? Even if they're not visual people, giving them something concrete. Mm-hmm. I have not yet had a client see our grazing table format for like, we do them mostly for happy hours and breakfast. Those are mm-hmm. the kind of the two things we use mostly for grazing tables.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't yet had a client or potential client receive the picture of the grazing table and not sign up with us. Got it. It's 100% success yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. visual. Right. And they go, I know exactly what I'm getting.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's very, very concrete. And especially for us in the early days, and also because this is one aspect of our business. Totally. I can't spend, every time I get a grazing table or dinner party inquiry, I can't spend half a day putting something together. Mm-hmm. By that time, I'm gonna call you and be uh, like, Justin, yeah. let's do this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You design the menu, I'll do the, sure. you know, the, the, the styling totally. and the hosting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we can do great.
0: So for me, as someone who's listening, if I'm like wanting to start an event planning business, and mm-hmm. I hear that you, just by having content based around what you do and having a niche specialization, it totally warrants, and anybody that's listening, should do a free event for somebody. Yes. And have your buddy who's a photographer come yep. out and just look yep. at it at a sunk cost. Because, yep. I mean, that, like... You're going to spend like 200 bucks in food cost. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend 200 bucks to give your buddy your photographer buddy pay pay for his time. Yeah. And that $400 is going to result in $4,000 of business for exactly. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally
1: I and I'm right there with you. think creating the win-win opportunities mm-hmm. because it's like everybody wants something out of that experience, right? right? So like how do you leverage your network? Mm. And network's a dirty word now, but it's actually how do you leverage the people that you know that have great talents? Sure. And, and always look after those people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's such straightforward yep. adulting. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: we're forgetting it because it's like we get attracted by the shiny stuff. Yep. And I would rather work with 10 really solid, reliable people that I know have my back. And if the, sh- and if the shit hit the fan, they wouldn't stab me in the back and they wouldn't mm-hmm. throw me under the bus. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, like, I've been doing free events for 18 years. I calculated it the other day.
0: (laughs) Holy shit. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and this is also, if if someone's listening and they want to get into this industry... Do the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like for every paid event you want to do, go find someone that you can do good stuff for. Totally. Volunteer at nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Like like cut your teeth. Nonprofits are so desperate for volunteers. Mm-hmm. Cut your teeth there. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot more forgiving. Right. And you know what? You're probably gonna do a really good job and help a nonprofit to raise money or to get exposure. Totally. That's totally where I cut my teeth. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it yesterday. I can trace every single one of the opportunities that I have in the event world now. To two things: constantly throwing really great birthday parties every year, Got so it. that for yourself, for myself, <laughs> yeah. and having it be no presents. We're going to raise money for a cause. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time I was 21, I was you know old enough and living very comfortably at my parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like how much stuff can you have? Right. So again, counting my checking my privilege, right? But like from the age of about 21 onwards. Every birthday was like, we're gonna raise money for a cause, we're gonna do this. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was getting together with a bunch of friends, creating a foundation called Grand Aid, having that party foundation where we just threw these epic parties and man, blood, sweat, and tears mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm we were able to then generate about you know like 1500 to 2000 kind of people that like were just supporters and evangelists and like I (laughs) it's really funny you know when you like have these moments where like oh I think I built something yeah 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 I was coming into the Perth airport and the customs officer looks at my passport I'm obviously I'm Australian I'm just like okay check me in I don't have duty free blah 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 she looks at my passport she's are you are you Jade from Grand Aid? And I was like, Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Oh my god, I love your party. Perth celebrity. <laughs> I was like status. I'm a personality, you Yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's awesome. <laughs>
1: um, and so that Grand Aid thing led to doing stuff for Global Citizen, which led to the festival in New York and mm-hmm. and so much of that up- and it what what was it? It was giving my time to right. something that I cared about. Right. So many good opportunities come out of that. Totally. So, yeah, I okay. really encourage anyone who is thinking about it, roll mm-hmm. up your sleeves, get involved, and five hours a week, donate some time. You can still keep a full-time job and do that. Right.
0: What, what is Voyager's Table now, and where did it start? And the question I had was, where does the name itself come from?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that, was that influenced by you? And like, why not self-title it? Maybe that's because you encouraged collaboration so much. And then I have another question after, but start start okay. with where it where it.
1: Oh gosh, the origin stories yeah, of yeah, yeah. Voyager's <laughs> table. Okay, so first of all, like branding is really important to me. So being not about being on brand, but about saying okay, what what's the message that we send mm-hmm. with the way we present ourselves, right? So, so like it's that more cohesion. So
0: it's more present as opposed to like this isn't what we would normally do. So it's like, when you see it, you're like, whoa, these guys have it together. Correct. Okay.
1: So, I mean, Voyager's Table started out as me going, well, what do I like doing? I like bringing people together, feasting and gathering. Mm-hmm. And I like looking after people and helping my personal philosophy in life is that my purpose is to help people fulfill their potential. Like that's the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Sure. That's why I love collaborating because mm-hmm. collaborating is so natural to me. Because I, I just like helping other people do epic shit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, coming back to that, the brand of Voyager's Table, the identity, let's use that word, needed to be something that was inclusive. Um, and as, as opposed to, like, I could have traded on Jade Leong TM, right? 18 years of throwing events, right, blah, 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 right. relationships. And we initially, you know, so let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Initially, we were thinking about, okay, well, what's been my MO? I've moved cities every uh, roughly every four years since the time I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Perth, um, lived in Singapore as a kid, lived in Sydney as a kid, moved back to Perth, did high school. When I was 18, I moved to Sydney and then went back to Perth. Then another four or so years later, moved to LA, lived mm-hmm. there for a year, then moved back to Perth. And then uh, 30 moved to America. We moved to Seattle, right? right? So it's like, I've kind of lived in all these different cities. I've traveled to cities. Mm -hmm. And every time I go to a new place, the way that I've established community is by having people over to dinner. Got it. My my favorite story that's kind of like a bit legend in my San Francisco (laughs) friends is I got to San Francisco and I had one friend that I had met. This was probably getting on close to like 10 years ago now. Okay. And so I knew Kylie. And so I... Rented this Airbnb. At the time it wasn't even Airbnb, it was like some sort of like vacation rental totally, thing. Right. Yeah, you know? that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I told Kylie, Oh, why don't you come over to dinner? And so she'd invited me to this other party. I'd met some friends, invited them over to dinner. So my second day in San Francisco. I collected 10 people around a dinner table because I'd met somebody at the museum and I met another guy while I was sitting at a park and I was like, hey, you guys should come to dinner at my house. <laughs> and so people brought friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm sitting there and there's like, I can, I can name, I can see them in my head. I can name uh-huh. them right here. Yeah, yeah. This is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 people. I'd never met more than a month. Like Kylie sure. was the person I'd known the longest about a month before. And um, we had a dinner party. And it was like this epic night of conversation and interaction. And those people are still my friends today. Have moved to different cities, and we still catch up. And it's like
0: from a cold, from a single
1: cold, like literally a a Finnish software developer (laughs) who I've never seen again. We're still on LinkedIn. Right, (laughs) it's so crazy. So the whole voyages table thing is because it's literally like my whole life has been traveling to different cities, Uh and bringing people together around a table and that concept of the table is this kind of ancient technology. Sure. Because I'm a little bit of a technology man. Mm-hmm. It's an ancient piece of technology that allows people to tell stories, to come together for sustenance, for support, for food. It's like, it's it's a symbol Got it. for us. And then the whole Voyager thing is that wherever we go, because I've traveled all these places, that we're actually kind of a global kind Understood. of entity as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the... The origin story of the name and how that came is like a whole other yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 But that is the essence and the heart behind it. Of what it is. Um, like. And I owe it to two really great friends. One of my friends, Dave Hack from Perth, he and I started Grand Day together with some friends. He initially said, you've got to have something table. Mm. Like the Leong table. It's mm-hmm. got to be something table. Right. And then Andrew Salaturi, who's a, a branding guru, design guru here, he's a mate of mine and he actually came up with Voyager's Table got as it. the name. Got it. But it's like... People that know you, they know your heart, they know what you're, what you're good at, get them to help you with your mm-hmm, identity. Mm-hmm. Like that's important because you, you see yourself reflected back. Yep, yep. So if that's any advice. And you know what hits
0: and what doesn't Correct. hit. Correct, yeah. Um, what would be a win for you for Voyager's Table?
1: Um, right now, we are focusing on getting consistent repeat clients. The events industry is really hard, right? It can be really one-off. It's also why we've been really cautious about playing in the wedding space. You can get a lot of referrals from a wedding Mm because people see it. Totally. Totally. But there was two reasons we didn't get into that. And I'll I'll come back Mm -hmm. to the the Mm -hmm. wins. But Mm -hmm. one of the reasons is there's so many great people who do weddings, especially in Seattle. Um, And it's a very, like, it's emotionally such a draining industry. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. So we know that we can do it. But... We like to support other people to do mm-hmm. it, and only take a very limited number. So we only take five weddings a year. Wow. Yeah. and that's whether that's day of, week of, month of, or full production, um, so that we can be focused. And it's it's usually it's people that know us mm-hmm. reputationally for something else that approach us to talk about a wedding. And and I'm open with you know potential clients about that. Mm-hmm. That. We're really selective, partly because we want to give them the best. Mm -hmm. We want to give them the best, but also we may not be the best person for them for that particular occasion.
2: Mm.
1: So coming back to the wins, those repeat clients would be companies or individuals or organizations, whether that's like a brand or a nonprofit, social enterprise, or even just like people that want to do cool stuff is doing three to four events a year for those same clients sure that consistency and and really getting to push the boundaries of that event production and the the creative and visual concepts that we include I think there's so much more especially in cities like Seattle that that can be stretched mm-hmm. um, and I think people are more open to it than they've ever been right um, but I think it's we're still a ways off you know being at the level of like, production value that you might see in, say, like, a New York or mm-hmm. a Hong Kong or mm-hmm. a Tokyo, you know, like, where it's just you kind of sit there and you go, am I in real life? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know. totally, So that's the kind of stuff that we want to do. Three to four really consistent clients. And um, it prevents that,
0: like, initial back and forth getting to know each other, right? Because exactly. it's like, we want what you did last time, but in this way, mm-hmm. uh, I have one coming up in July, yeah. and it's the second time I've worked with them, and it's a completely different experience, because yeah. then it's like, again... They know what to expect. You know what to expect and the questions to ask. Exactly. And it's also the same party for me. It's just an annual event that they do. Yep. Totally.
1: If I was to add to those wins, we are starting to really, as the Voyager talent side, Mm -hmm. we're starting to really get some wonderful requests. We have a couple of clients that just consistently come back to us like two, three events a year. So hence the wanting to build that so those clients really ask us to handle green room hospitality, the talent welcome, like mm. when you've got 20 to 30 to, we've done up to 75 different celebrities, dignitaries, speakers appearing on stage over the course of like say a six hour festival like sure. we do with Global Citizen, actually eight hours, Yeah. juggling that, managing the, the production side of things and then managing the hospitality for Oscar winners. I mean like crazy, yeah. crazy yeah. environments that we're in. Um, we're looking to expand more into personalized hospitality for different talent. Got it. So it's an exciting, it's a goal. It's a big long shot, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we've got that groundwork in yeah. place. And once
0: you're there, it's mm-hmm. like, then the word travels so fast. Exactly. It's word of mouth and yeah. totally.
1: So that's, that's the space we're yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah.
0: in. Going mm-hmm. back to when you were traveling and hosting all these parties mm-hmm. and reflecting it on how you run your business now. Yep. What trait or skill do you think you possess or that you've honed that makes what you do stand out?
1: I go into a happy place. So there is like when I'm in that event madness, it's like the whole world moves in slow motion and the like I'm just in this like zen.
0: I mean that's flow, no? It's like that's what people totally say is flow. flow. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I go into a state of flow, and so a couple of friends have commented that I'm like the calmest cook yeah have yeah, ever yeah, seen, yeah, it's just yeah. 25 people, uh-huh. the food arrived late, or the, the groceries arrived late, and I'm just like, <laughs> like in this blissed out state, just like never stressed, you know? Interesting. It just does it. it's like there's something so comforting for me mm-hmm. about being in that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's because I get a lot of energy from people, and it's... I, again, I've been doing this for nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was throwing dinner parties when I was a teenager, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. 18 to 36.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is just like every day, four to, every week, four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. That's the environment that right. I put myself in.
0: Is Do you ever go the reverse? Do you ever find yourself like frazzled and stressed out and... and, and... Hmm... Because I would say if, if I was trying to dissect you, I would, because I have the same thing where mm-hmm. I was never the screaming chef. I was never mm-hmm. the, the berating yep. tradition. Like, what do you think of? Yeah. And to me, control is the thing that I like, I love. It's why I don't like drinking because I feel like I lose control over my yep. senses. It's yep. why I don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so maybe that is that, that is that word for you. I don't
2: know.
1: Yeah, I would agree because I can think of times when I've been flustered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's funny because there are moments when I'll have team members that know me well, look at me and go, what's happening? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll see it on my face. I just look like I'm a woman on a mm-hmm, mission. Mm-hmm. But that's also when I'm just like, I'm focused and I'm getting my job done. Sure. Um, it's my don't F with me face, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but there are, when we, f- the first ever really big festival we did when your partners are also stressed and there's miscommunications got that it, happen. Got it, If that's the first time you're in that environment, like mm-hmm. this was the first time I've ever, I had ever done something of that scale. Mm. And I have learned since then that there's probably very, very few times where it'll be ever that crazy. Sure. And now also we've already been through it once. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh wait, yep, I I've don't have to poop my pants it. I've when seen this before. I've, yeah, you know, so it's like, you have to have those experiences and and this is why I'm all about people volunteering or doing, whether it's an internship or just Mm -hmm. helping out Mm -hmm. because you can, you can break that ground for yourself. Right. It's like, Oh shit, Mm -hmm. I am supremely under pressure right now. And you get that feeling and you you understand what that feels like. I would say, I want to say it was like five, six years ago. That was like the biggest, like, okay, that's the major Mm -hmm. pressure.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then you realize that everybody else in that environment is also shitting their pants. Sure. So in the aftermath, you're like, oh, okay. So no one no one didn't want me back. Nobody, you know, like, wasn't happy. They were like, you were amazing. <laughs> and how the heck did we pull that off?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so
1: kind of breaking the ice on that stuff. So, but yeah, definitely had that feeling. Sure. But it's when you don't know what questions you can ask. It's, it's the control, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and so now... I am I over-ask and I explain why I over-ask totally. to my clients. It's like totally. I, I sent an email yesterday yep, and I said yep. I do apologize for all these emails, but mm-hmm. we want to ensure given this is our first time working with you, we are an extension of your brain and we can anticipate everything that you need. That's so. Especially underrated. in the talent stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the talent stuff Most
3: people are faking it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, actually knows what they're doing. <laughs>
1: but don't tell him. <laughs> so Sorry. it's like, oh, Okay, you don't know either, right. so let's not know together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got your back, man. Got Find it. Me. And you actually earn a lot of respect in mm-hmm. relationship, but because like some of these production guys, they've seen everything. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies, he he's been the, the the tour manager for some of the most major stadium shows in the world. He's not phased by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can try to impress him, right? But you know, it doesn't matter how many Grammys you got on your shelf. He's like. I know what you look like when you're in dressing room without your makeup on. It's very like humanizing to be behind the scenes like that. And so I think, especially with the talent stuff, you, there's a lot of respect for the skill. And I have seen some performers and I, I, I won't say who, but there was a performer who was going through extreme physical pain, got up on stage, flawless rehearsal, flawless performance, got off stage, had to be taken to hospital. Wow. Like, like yeah, when you, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's where it gets clutch. Uh-huh. So when you're in those environments and you're just like, oh my God, what do I ask? You know, people are used to you asking stupid questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You do it in a way that's respectful. You try to do it to the right people who sure. seem like they kept time for you. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. I'm giving away too many of yeah, my yeah, yeah, secrets yeah, yeah. now. Totally,
0: but uh, there's an author I just finished his book called Principles, and he talks all about radical transparency. Mm. And it's just I'm so, book. and it's so powerful. Yeah. Just because if if I see what your chips are mm-hmm. and you see what my chips are, yeah. And we show each other what our cards are,
3: yep.
0: Then there's no like,
3: yeah.
0: I, if I would have known this, mm-hmm. I could have done this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just by, it's so underrated, and yeah. and some people are so it ekes them out to ask those questions because they think that they're going to be seen as not having all the information. It's an ego thing, right? And once you can cast that aside and Mm -hmm. be like, we both want the same thing. Let's work. Totally.
1: Totally." And I I will say, if I was to give advice to a young man, you're going to get people that are just dicks. (laughs) Right? You are. You you legitimately are going to get, there's going to be one in a hundred people but they will not. Either they will not last long in the industry, whatever industry that is, mm-hmm. or other people will know that that person is also a dick. Right. So, and excuse me if i yeah, use yeah, the language no. we can't use in the podcast. <laughs> but it's like I, I the, the longer I live, and I'm really not that old, but I'm old enough, right?
3: Uh-huh.
1: The longer I live, the more I realize like it's it's really hard to hide your dickhead.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's it, it, mm-hmm. it's very difficult, and especially in high pressure environments. That truth is going to come yeah, out. Yeah,
0: it comes out real fast.
1: So then you learn not to work with those mm-hmm,
0: people. And mm-hmm. there's
1: people that my mentors in the entertainment industry have said, yep, yeah, they absolutely refuse to work with that person.
0: Interesting. Or
1: if they're in an in event where they have to work with that person, it's like they set up all sorts of yep. parameters and boundaries. And yep. it's like, we just know this is going to be a shit show. Totally. And it, then you don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's also you've got to have a thick skin Again, coming back to the cutting your teeth, mm-hmm. get the thick skin as quickly as you can. Right. So then you're like, yep, got it. You actually one of my one of my team members, my business partner. She says she tries not to let people affect her chi. Your internal energy is yours to own. It's one of the best things that she's ever said to me because I'm like,
3: yes. Mm-hmm.
1: How does that person get to decide your energy? It's like they're there. They don't. Then it's not your life. Like they are who they are. Maybe the shit will hit the fan, maybe they'll even try to throw you under the bus. But the people that you want to work with again are gonna know that that you do a good job Mm -hmm. and that over time your integrity will come through. I think integrity is such an undervalued thing. Mm -hmm. We like the idea of it, but it's really hard to stick to that, especially in the crunch moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Taking ownership where you fucked up. Right. And it could be that you fucked up getting Lady Gaga to the stage or whatever it might be that right. and go, yep, okay, it's never going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People know. Totally. It's, yeah.
2: Totally.
0: I'm going to tell a quick story because it's I, it's very...
1: Also, I'd it, like to say for the record yeah. that that didn't actually happen. <laughs> Lady Gaga <Yeah. laughs> was not late to the stage. Her team were very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> there was a day in culinary school where we were doing... There was a class in like... So my school is like Hogwarts, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was in the fourth floor of this grandiose big huge building and it was like an old building so the floors are not like the floors are like one floor is like one and a half floors oh
2: wow yeah and it
0: was like the on the fourth floor in this all the way at the end of the hallway and I overslept for the class
2: mm.
0: and it this was like one of like the, the it was like one of the two days when we were it was a butchery class so normally we were in the butcher shop it was one of the two days that we were in the classroom and I overslept and I just woke up and I start. I put on my stuff and I ran, I ran, I like ran all the way up the stairs, four floors up. I like took like what, like 30 seconds just to like kind of catch my breath before mm-hmm. I walked in. And I just walked in. Person is lecturing. Everybody like looks at me, of course, like super yeah, stereotypical like thing. And yet? I'm like, oh my God. And I just sit down in my chair I like get out my notebook and I like start whatever taking notes or whatever. And the instructor goes... What happened?
3: Mm.
0: And I just looked at him and I go, I'm just late. And then he was like, okay. And it just like completely ended the conversation. Yep. And people like two weeks after were telling stories about how that happened because it was just like such supreme. There's a lot of shitheads, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of people who would have been like, I got caught up in traffic, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. throwing excuses at your yep. face. Yeah. Yep. Just own it. Yep. To be like, I'm just late. Yep. You know what I mean? And it spoke bound it spoke you know yeah. so many I don't know I just think it's really underrated to do stuff like that where it's just like yes I fucked up and it's like that it's just how it happened it's not going to happen again and
1: right and I'd like to also say to everyone listening you and I we talking about integrity there's I can count many many times where I failed in that area mm-hmm. I right? go back and I go oh shit I should have owned up to that yeah <laughs> yeah or, yep. or I was flaky or I was mm-hmm. so it's like we're all human yeah 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 But especially in, so this is where I try to be really like, I am a professional. Mm. When I'm in that environment, how do I maintain my professional integrity and that, you know, as a generation, and I, I use that term to describe like as a generation that currently exists on the earth reputation is like such a thing like mm-hmm. our personal public image yep. what people see on social media mm-hmm. of us i'm more interested about the reputation that actually really matters which mm-hmm. is what do people think of me yeah, yeah yeah in terms of who i am as a person but
0: that's what they say reputation is, is what people say about you behind your back Ooh. right i mean that's that was my yeah. definition of reputation is what yep. do people say about jade when yep. jade's not around you know what I mean? That's what it is.
1: And and in order to not overwhelm myself with like you because you can start to get really down, like oh, I'm a shitty person. <laughs> yep. Blah, blah. Yep. It's like I try to just focus on getting one aspect of reputation yeah, right. Yeah, in time, yeah. Which for me right now, because we are building a business mm-hmm. professionally, that's the reputation I want to have. Now also be a good friend.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: as I've been building a business first a startup and now this sometimes I'm not available as a friend in the way that I want to be. Sure. And so owning that, like I've had to send emails and say, I'm sorry I'm not around. I know mm-hmm. you're going through this really hard time, but I'm under so much pressure right now. Yourself. X, Y, Z. Yeah. And like owning that, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's three months late. Mm-hmm. Like that's happened. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. a text message that's like, um, I'm the worst at replying to yep. Facebook messages. <laughs> like so bad. Yeah,
0: yep. I'm getting really bad too. Yeah, maybe, it's like. I hear you.
1: But I also hope that, you know, and the people that you want to surround yourself with and allow into your inner world will understand that you're mm-hmm. still a good person and mm-hmm. that you care about them, but right. your capacity is limited. You can't be everything to everyone all at once. Right. The saying goes, you can have it all, you just can't have it all at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's kind that's of true. philosophy to me.
0: That's true. There's a lot of, 50% of the people that are going to be listening to this are living outside of the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So my
3: favorite. as someone, yeah, <laughs> as
0: someone who has gone from internationally
3: mm-hmm.
0: to the U.S., what are some, what has America presented you with challenge-wise and mm. opportunity-wise?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, I have so much love for this country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been wonderful to me. And it's really funny because, like I said, when I was about 24, I moved to LA. Before that. I had the attitude that I think a lot of people had about America, which was like, oh, they think they're so great, mm-hmm. but they're really not. Sure. Like, And it wasn't malicious. Mm-hmm. It was just this sort of like, you know, sometimes American confidence can be read as arrogance. Sometimes it is. But mm-hmm. most of the time... Americans are just super confident people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're very open about their feelings. That's what I have like found, yeah. and now I'm like more American in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I go back to Australia, and I realise I almost don't know how to have conversations <laughs> with people for the first week. I'm Uh-oh. like, oh, got to change the way <laughs> yeah, I talk because yeah, yeah. um, the nuances of that culture is so is so different. Um, I think the challenges that I've faced have been primarily. Structural, So navigating banking and navigating Got the it. systems and how you run a business. And, you know, I'm I'm the kind of goody-two-shoes that always wants to be on the correct side mm-hmm. of the law yep. and of the, get the country that's hosting yep. me. Yep. You know, like, um, I'm very cautious about that, particularly in a country like America where there's a lot of misperception about immigration, totally. blah, 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 totally. and we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. But I... I found that navigating the structures and systems was my big challenge. Mm-hmm. But there were also plenty of people who'd done it before. And and those people became a resource, whether it was through blogs or through whatever. The other thing for me was um, navigating the different states and the cultures of different states. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to quite a few of the different states, but I've only really lived on the West Coast. Right. Um, that was something for me that I was like, oh, understanding the scope of America. Because mm. you you come from the outside, especially if you haven't traveled extensively in the U.S., and you kind of see it as one giant country, where actually it's like 50 individual totally, countries totally. operating together mm-hmm. in this united right. state. Right. Um, and so being respectful of that, I think, was, was one of the things that I, I'm very glad that I came with this sort of like wide-eyed mm, mouth open like mm-hmm, whoa mm-hmm. like what is this tell me about your place right america right um because you know florida to seattle it's like a whole different world yeah
2: yeah and
1: some people will never go to either of those That's places true. and they will live their entire life in the in the u.s That's true um so definitely a challenge navigating and there's a lot of complexity because the state laws are different to the federal laws mm-hmm. and just being across all of that um I, I'm, if we want to touch on visa stuff, I'm really lucky Australians that have specialty qualifications can, you know, with a special it. visa for us. Yeah. So I didn't have the same challenges with visa or work permit stuff that some other countries will have. Right. Um, forever grateful that yeah, my parents, yeah, yeah. you know, emigrated to Australia mm-hmm. and I was born and raised there. Um, so I can't kind of talk about that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say, do your homework. Mm-hmm. Like, get get advice, get as much information you can, whether it's about immigration or law or, like, finance, because mm-hmm. the financial structures here, for me, that was one of the biggest challenges, the whole credit thing. Mm-hmm. I did not understand that before yeah, yeah, I moved yeah. to America, mm-hmm. and it's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the, those are the challenges, which I think are, like, they're big, but they're not insurmountable. Sure. you just got to do the hard yards. Sure. Um, and then the benefits. Oh, my gosh, like... This is the biggest commercial market in the world,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So for me, the opportunities that we had, my business partners and I, our board, like, we were like, okay, if we really want to test our software product, where do we go? Right. This was when I was running the the, the startup. Yeah. And it was like, well, America, that's the place. Yeah. Which is kind of what brought me here in the first place, right? So... Or actually, that's not correct. I came out to see what was happening mm-hmm. and then realized there was an opportunity. Had a few other people realize that with me, then we started the startup here. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy journey. Mm-hmm. And so opportunities, the people, um, the the experiences, it's so diverse. totally, So, so diverse. That's very
0: open-minded.
1: It is. It's mm-hmm. so much more open-minded than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. This is such a great country. Right. I I think what people have seen is unfortunately the that kind of impression mm-hmm. that the world gets of mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. which when when I lived in LA and that I and I've had since living in Seattle it's not the case like people people are so genuine and they're so interested in me as a person and my story and oh my gosh you're from Australia and tell me more about that like sure. there's this curiosity Yeah 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 um partly because it is already such a diverse country mm-hmm, right i think mm-hmm. that's such a benefit um so yeah economically culturally it has expanded my view of the world mm-hmm. and my scope um but yeah definitely from a business perspective like you kind of want to test your metal in the biggest market in yeah, the world and this yeah. is where to do it
0: i mean it seems weird for me to say that we don't as someone who got brought up in the American school system, it's also not something that like we don't learn about how to do your taxes yeah. and how what credit is and how to establish an LLC because yeah. frankly, the system is set up so that you and I are like the 1% of yeah. people that have a business. Yeah. So it's like, it's silly to tailor things focused unless you go to a business school or a law or something. But it,
1: which is so funny to me because it's a country that's built on entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship
0: right? And capitalism, right? <laughs> so... I mean, I certainly, I've been going through those things too, like how to figure out how to establish this and what does payroll look like and what does a 1099 look like to create? So what are, when you were going through that, was it Google was your friend and you, whatever, or were there some specific resources that you found valuable? So
1: yes, Google's your friend, Mm -hmm. but number, and this is my, always my MO, people. Got it. Get around smart people. Totally the best resources i ever got in my business was a really great accountant and that especially if you have business partners like we're governed by a board partly because of the way that we need to be structured to ensure our compliance with all the xyz mm-hmm. dots and dots and i's and mm-hmm. t's and crosses and whatever mm-hmm. um starting an some people may not need to have that level of complexity we like it because it protects us from just like it sh- demonstrates good governance mm-hmm. and having been involved in you know philanthropic kind of advisory stuff good governance is something that when you're looking to take on investment when you're trying to attract funding or trying to grow um <laughs> it's going to be like a little, yeah, noise. little bump <laughs> um, when you're trying to grow that stuff really helps you and i learned that the hard way from australian business stuff mm-hmm. um The other key piece of advice that I would say to anyone starting their own business, especially if you're involving partners, have company representation and have your own representation and have them separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an experience in Australia where the company representation was also the representation for one of our partners. Now, nothing crazy bad happened, but towards the end of that business, I could see that there was a conflict of interest happening Mm -hmm. that worked in the favor of the partner, not in favor of the business to the extent that two years later, we were still dealing with that unfolding for Mm -hmm. that. Now we're not talking about a huge like financial or whatever. We we got really lucky that the fallout was very minimal, Mm -hmm. but a business partnership is a marriage. Mm -hmm. You need to be as serious. Like I cannot emphasize this enough. I could not do what I do with our partners and our great board but be so selective who you have. Make those people prove themselves. Prove yourself to those people, and do the homework. Mm-hmm. Because a bad partnership is as bad as a bad marriage.
0: Do you practice the same kind of like conversation having, or maybe even more, with your partners as you do with your clients? When like we talked about radical transparency before, right? Way like, more. Do you yeah. have those conversations of like, what happens if your sister dies tomorrow? Yeah. You You have those conversations,
1: yes. And what I like to do in this... So if if we take Voyager's Table into account, like so if I'm talking about our current context, right? Mm -hmm. We work together. I like to bring people into the business on a contract 1099 kind of basis. And for those listening overseas, Mm -hmm. it's 1099 is like an external contractor. They provide contract services to you they're not an employee so you don't carry that same burden but Mm -hmm. you're able to work together closely legally correct Mm -hmm. and it protects everybody you know kind of keeps all the lines clean it's a great way to, especially in event environments, mm-hmm. there's high pressure. We do those stuff, the, do that stuff together. You get to know people real fast. Mm-hmm. When you're up at two o'clock in the morning, still <laughs> cleaning up after an event, you see attitude. Attitude totally. is everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in those crunch moments, what are people like? Mm-hmm. And not just the first time, not when they're training. After you're comfortable, after runs, everyone's like joking around and having a good time. And those like events afterwards, when you're comfortable, or those environments or situations, whatever that might be. That attitude and integrity stuff is really what comes out. Yeah. So the people that I work with, I know, super clutch, will get the job done no matter what. Totally. And... Then as a leader, as a manager, mm-hmm. creating opportunities also for people to take ownership.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you, if you go, oh, well, this is my business and you don't get it, it doesn't work like that. Right. All of our team have personal ownership over our brand, over our relationships with clients. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know I can be in Australia, like I was telling you. Sure. was In Australia, the team was doing an event without me and the client um, is so yep, happy. Yep, 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 yep. As a small business that's owner, crazy. That's, your, that's a dream. I mean, that means
0: you've built a business, right? Right. I mean, that's the thing that um, I heard that the other day where it's like, if you can't step away from your business, you have a job, not a business. Correct. Right?
3: Yep.
0: So we were talking a little bit prior to this about... So I when I hear about... I hired a CPA this year. Mm-hmm. I... Very much so. That was very hard for me because mm-hmm. I like to know kind of like what's going on, and I like I have a lot of pride in knowing like what the numbers are going on with my business, and yeah. it's very hard for me to outsource that. But at the same time, like we were saying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's not my strength.
1: Can I put it behind?
0: Yeah, it? <laughs> that's not my strength. Yeah. So why should I be doing that? Yeah. What do you th- build? Build like an ideal day for me, for you, okay. and what do you kind of like look to to delegate out? Mm-hmm. Because you know that it's not your strength.
1: Yep. I think this comes with time. Mm -hmm. So like 20-year-old me doing this is very different to 36-year-old me. And I don't mean that in an ageist way. You just learn stuff. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You also learn stuff about yourself. And that's the thing I'd start with is know thyself. Not in this super introspective, can't get out of your own headway. But it's like, be real. What are the things you're really good at? Mm -hmm. Try a few things. Figure it out. Does it flow? Do you experience flow? And then what are things that you can do, but you have other people in your world that are amazing at? Sure. So, like, we'll use social media for as an example. Mm -hmm. I can do social media. It is not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually, I'm not too bad. I can take a good photo. I know a moment that's going to kind of connect well with people. Like, I can predict that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got my finger on the pulse But in terms of executing a social media strategy, oh, forget that. Mm -hmm. Like, if if our social media was up to me, we'd post probably once every two weeks. Like, I'd remember, or I'd just do stories. (laughs) It would be so bad, right? But I had this amazing person in my life, Erica, Mm -hmm. one of my partners. She's she's a business partner. Let's use the right language. Mm -hmm. One of my business partners, super on point, so organized, and has the ability to map out our social media. All our awesomeness on social media, like I get these lovely comments from people like, I love following your social media. But we're like, we're new, we're not doing anything crazy revolutionary, but it's, it's hitting somebody in, in the sense that they can really connect with mm-hmm. it. They are liking what we're putting out, and it's authentic to us. Sure. There's no way I could execute that. Got it. So it's like, for me, it's figuring out what am I good at? I'm good at this right here mm-hmm. I'm good at having a conversation I'm good at strategy and vision and, and kind of getting people excited about what the possibilities are
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have good energy for that right so then that's what I should be doing mm-hmm. so most of my day is relationships meetings strategizing dreaming dreams about events and then going all right the the let's let's break it down okay about a Third to half is gonna be that business development, relationship management, sure. vision casting stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the other half is putting that down to paper. Because there yeah, there are aspects of the logistics and the planning mm-hmm. that I am very good at and can do well.
0: With your almost twenty years of experience, right? Correct. Like you know the questions to ask about like Correct. are they gonna have an ice machine, you know what yes. I mean? Like all those little Exactly
1: totally. So again, that's your, Malcolm Gladwell calls Uh it the Mm 10,000 hours thing, right? Mm -hmm. So what's your 10,000 hours? Do those things. And then like, initially I had to do some accounting things, some like of the legal stuff. And then the more, the more you can grow, the faster you want to outsource. So like now I just know how to invoice a client. Yep. Cause you know, proposals have to go out quickly. We have a 24 hour turnaround on all our proposals sure. um, and if if it's a bigger scope we ask for more time or we say Hit, we set set clear boundaries Got it. oh my gosh yeah. so important <laughs> and be accountable to those boundaries like sometimes stuff happens mm-hmm. and it's like that saying that, that yeah, ownership yeah. right yeah. The, the integrity it's like sometimes stuff happens like I've had family members who haven't been well this year we've had all sorts of things happen personally mm-hmm. that really interrupt your ability to do stuff. Be honest. I'm very open. And I don't mean it as a, this is an excuse. It's like, this is literally a very challenging situation right Mm -hmm. now. This is when I'm going to have this to you. Thank you for your patience. Totally.
0: So that, that I think, and you said it, and I was going to say it if you didn't say it, but when you're being, when you're delivering that bad news, it's so much less of a sting. If you're able to present a solution right away, you know what I mean? And to me that, to me as someone who has experienced delegating, If you're going to come to me with a problem, and I heard this again on another podcast where it's Mm -hmm. like, don't come to me and tell me that we have a problem. Mm -hmm. Tell me we have a problem, but then be like, these are three solutions I came up with. This is what I think is the best. What do you think is the next two? And that makes it so easier for someone like you to be like, bring, then you bring in your 18 years of experience, make a decision, and then we can all move on. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I mean, we rescheduled this podcast, like, twice, yep. and it was so easy. You yep. know what I mean? Like, we don't... Zero issues, yep. right? Exactly. Because it's like, doesn't work here, I have this area free, is yep. it free for you? you
1: exactly. You know what I mean? As opposed to sending five emails backwards and forwards, like, oh, I can't do that time. Yep. I'm like... Yep. And not that we did this, but mm-hmm. I get those emails, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that time, give me windows when we can totally. put something in. Totally, totally. Also scheduling things by emails is like death by yep, emails stupid, i hate that stupid. so minimizing emails mm-hmm. um okay so that's that's a lot most of the day mm-hmm. um i i 20 15 20 is going to be connecting with the team you know whether it's talking with erica or, or trying to because she's she's the one who keeps me on track with mm-hmm. this stuff and there's certain people in our business that I know we wouldn't be where we are without them help. Yeah. yeah there's sure. just no way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so doing your best to stay on top of the stuff they need you to do. Mm-hmm. It's an area I'm still growing in. So being very open, like I miss deadlines for Erica all the time, <laughs> but we have strategy. So again, got it. Follow up strategy. She knows that if I'm under the pump, because yesterday for example, was hustling out a big proposal for a client in LA. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's important to get it right. Sure. I always try to write emails that they can respond with, yes, let's do it. Uh-huh. Like, that's, yep. that's what yep. I'm shooting yep. for. Yep. Um, so in order to do that, I sometimes take a little longer to frame the language, make it a no-brainer. Totally. Which then takes me away from being able to do approval of social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a Slack communication platform. Yep. She will Slack message me, here's the image, here's the caption, are you cool with it? I take two seconds of reply, perfect, yes, or copy the caption, edit it, back it goes. Got it. When I have more bandwidth, we go into our spreadsheet, I can plan, I can respond to each individual thing, we can comment, we can workshop, but it's that trust mm. and it's having a process. So we've built a process that when she knows I'm under the pump and I can be honest with her and say, I am barely keeping my head above water right, right now. right. She knows how to get things to me so I can help her, so I can make it easy for her to do what she needs to do. Sure. So it's that, it's that you know, you navigate these things, you figure out your process and, and yeah, you yeah.
0: Know,
1: team dynamics, making sure that those are good. So she knows, like, she's like, Jade, I need this. Or I'm just <laughs> going to do this. <laughs>
0: like, totally.
1: And she knows she can be real with me on that.
0: I'm going to rapidly switch gears into some rapid fire questions. Do it. What's the best meal you've had in recent memory?
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm like totally blank. It doesn't
0: have to be here. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll, let's let's move on to another one, and you okay. can think about it. It's a Saturday morning on your first day off after a work week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't have to be a Saturday, but it's your first yep, day off. my first day off. You're like standing in front of your kitchen. Mm-hmm. How do you make your eggs for yourself?
1: Oh, I'm a Gordon Ramsay scrambled eggs with creme fraiche and chives. And lots of butter. Equal parts eggs, butter, and cream Totally.
0: (laughs) Super creamy. Would it change if you made eggs for Erica or... No? No. No. Same. Unless there
1: were dietary restrictions. That's your
0: favorite way to make eggs. Yeah,
1: and I have said this to you so many Mm -hmm. times. I'm a cook, not a chef, right? Like, it's people come to my house. They know they're going to have full happy tummies, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be Michelin, you know, fiddly Fancy. Yeah.
0: Name an ingredient you're obsessed with right now
1: cheese cheese parmesan cheese yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: i mean it makes everything better
1: yes parmesan cheese and middle eastern spice blends got it so i'm that's so you know how we were talking about you're exploring yeah, yeah. india uh-huh. i'm like i want to understand the spice blends of the middle east totally. and the different kind of mm-hmm, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. So. i made a really good morel risotto the other day with Ooh, parmesan nice. it was super good it i mean maybe you don't have an answer for this maybe you do is there a cookbook that you've gifted most or are most likely to recommend that you've got inspiration from? Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: Stephanie Alexander's The Cook's Companion. Okay. Anyone can use this cookbook. It is structured differently in that it is structured by ingredient. So I have some asparagus, and I will go to the asparagus section, and it will tell me what goes well with it. It's got some amazing recipes. Plus, it's Australian, so it's kind of just a bit different. Yeah, yeah. It also tells you what the different ways are to prepare it. So if you're a beginner or if you're, like, an experienced chef mm-hmm. just looking for some yeah. inspiration in the moment, that is the number one book I recommend everyone to Okay, own.
0: cool. I don't have that on my shelf, so I yeah, definitely is, need to...
1: It's well worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also pretty. It's like a pretty multicolored book. So totally. it's good fun.
0: Totally. Uh, is there a technique that you're in, you're intimidated by still in the kitchen?
1: Uh, yes, anything with knife skills. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm friends with you. Anything that's not
0: <laughs> scrambling eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a call right now after this interview that you just want an all-expenses-paid trip to eat at your dream restaurant, and when you get there there's someone you've always wanted to talk to waiting to have dinner with you. What restaurant is it, and what person is it?
1: Uh, it's Osteria Francescana. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would have dinner with Amal Clooney.
0: Okay. Yep. Fascinating. All right, tell
1: me about yeah, yeah, your yeah, brain yeah. and your life, and what are you like <laughs> as a person?
0: For real, though. Yeah, like, for real. We have like two and a half hours. Yes. Um, did you think of a best meal?
1: Uh, yes. Actually, so it was on Sunday night. Okay. And it was at Nook in Vancouver, English Bay, beautiful sunset. We rocked up to this restaurant at 8.30 with nine people. Whoa. On a Sunday night. On the busiest Sunday night ever Frisky. because all of Vancouver yeah. was out.
0: I mean, it's the first, like, nice weekend yeah. of
1: the, the year. The servers and the bartender were so incredibly accommodating, and now, like, you know, like I'm yeah, in the industry, totally. we entered apologizing. Right, we were like, <laughs> we get it. If you can't take us, no stress. We just we didn't realize it was going to be so crazy because mm-hmm. usually Sunday nights are yeah. kind of chill. Yeah, but I, I forget that Vancouver is a party mm-hmm. city, and so mm-hmm. any good night, people are out, out until really late. Totally. So it was good because. Of the people, it was a cluster of motley friends who had never met each other. It's kind of my favorite environment.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, the food was amazing. the The whipped ricotta toast with honey and pecan nuts. Totally, like yep. So simple <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it was actually the service was just, I was just like, yeah, how are you so nice to us? You have no, you have no reason to. And they were so accommodating. We like, apologized. And then at the end also were like, we want you to really know yeah. like, you were so good to mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. They were so great. And, like, we made it clear, we totally understand if you can't accommodate. So right. please don't right. you know, feel pressure. Right. And they were just so cheerful. No, we'll get drinks at the bar. Got you. Cool. Have some drinks. Yep, guys, we've got your table ready. Mm-hmm. Like, they finagled some tables to make it work for us. And you're like, wow. And then all of us, individually, without having a conversation, tipped. Twice as much yeah, as we yeah, would yeah. normally, more than sure. plus
2: plus for sure.
1: Because we were like, how could we not? Mm-hmm. So you know, we really looked after the server yeah, and yeah. the bartender because they had looked after us. So that was right. that was my most favorite meal cool. in recent memory.
0: That's good. I'm going there next week, so maybe oh, I'll great. have to check I'll out. Send you my list. Have a have a drink down there. Mm. I know I said this was going to be rapid fire, but there's two questions that I want to dive a little bit deeper into.
1: Okay.
0: One is you were talking about when you're at when you're at that moment in the event where it's a crunch moment and someone new has been brought on on a 1099 and you're Mm -hmm. kind of evaluating them. I always like to ask, what do you look for if you're sitting, like if I'm wanting to work for Voyager's table, Mm -hmm. what are those questions you ask to either kind of like raise those red flags right away or kind of like tease out this person is a good fit for me and my business? What are those questions that you ask or Um, what qualities you look for?
1: Initiative. First and foremost. Got it. So initiative that is aware mm-hmm. of the other people and what they're up to. So mm-hmm. you can show initiative and then be careless with it and then it causes more problems. Got it. I really... So it's it's that emotional quotient yep. combined with initiative mm-hmm. that someone's like, okay, I, I know what I'm good at. I offer a suggestion. This happened the other day. We had a trainee join us and... It's five o'clock in the morning. and I mean, like, that's ultimate test time. Yeah, yeah, She likes morning, so, Mm you know. mm -hmm. But when you're in that environment, and I'm not a super morning person, Mm -hmm. I like to say I'm very happy to be awake, but I'm not always sharp. Got it. (laughs) So it takes me a minute. Yeah, yeah. And I'm open with that. With my team, I'm like, you guys know Mm -hmm. mornings are not my best time. Mm Mm-hmm let's work together let's support one another so you know establishing first i think as a good leader you want to establish that this is a collaborative environment mm-hmm. we look after each other
2: sure
1: but i have responsibilities and i have to make calls mm-hmm. that sometimes may not gel with what you totally are hoping for mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean your opinion's not important Got and that's it a, that's something i'm still learning how to do mm-hmm. especially in a business where i work with a lot of friends having those hard conversations sometimes is challenging um so I would look for the initiative. I would look at how aware they are of other stuff that's going on. Totally. You know, I think and you would be better to talk to this than I, but mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're a line cook, for example, you, you have your one dish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in in some events it's like you have your one job. Mm-hmm. In our business there's never one job.
2: Totally.
1: There's you're doing this right now, and oh, I need to move you over here, and mm-hmm. oh, okay, you're on uh, green room registration, check in, welcome. But actually, we need to staff you over here to look after the president of Ghana because their team <laughs> has 25 people with them. Right. 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 That
3: happens. Right.
1: So you've got to be so, like, on it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean everybody's on it the same way. Totally. And so that becomes my responsibility to kind of read the people mm. dynamics and the skills and say, okay, you're more introverted you like details or you're like a gregarious introvert so let's put you with these one group of people so you can entertain them the whole day Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you're going to be exhausted by the end of it but you won't have had to meet 500 people you've just been with the same people and you did an amazing job looking after them sure so understanding people Mm -hmm. and then applying that to new new team members um how do they handle pressure
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but also being a good leader you don't want to just it's, it's not okay to throw people in the deep end totally right you, totally. you want to have like a measured risk mm-hmm. measured mm-hmm. kind of pressure where
0: you're challenging them yes
1: you're challenging them but you're not like drowning yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like exactly forcing underwater. them underwater yeah, exactly yeah, so yeah. finding that balance mm-hmm. um and um and then how do they interact with the rest of the team mm-hmm. like again our business is so co- cohesive interactive we have to have a team that works well together. That when someone else is under pressure, you can come and support them. or go, hang on, give me five minutes. I'll just finish this and then come and help totally. you. And it actually creates really solid bonds, which mm-hmm. then for me as a business owner, right? Like um, I can then step away mm-hmm. and know that the team has cohesion. They know how to communicate with one another. So that's kind of the key stuff that I look for. Right.
0: And so, so much of this show and the content that I make is all about making sure that the next generation gets that mm-hmm. kind of, um, I mean, mentorship is, is one thing to say, but it's also like has resources to look to when they're starting off. Yep. Is there something that you see that either event planners or, or, or chefs or people in the industry can be doing better to help the next generation? What would you like to see more of so that when you do sit down with those people that are new, you're like, okay, you, you have your stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I, to answer that question, I think about what do I wish that I had, yeah. say, 10 right. years ago, right. that I could have started doing this mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that I didn't. I, I got so much life experience yeah, and so many yeah, really yeah. cool things. But um, I think there's probably an element where, and I mean, this is, I think, a good life skill. People learning how to have hard conversations
2: mm-hmm. early on right.
1: and in a productive manner that's just good in life. Totally. And actually, the world would be a better, much yeah, yeah, yeah. better place mm-hmm. if we all had con- good conflict resolution skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's one thing that I think we can learn better. That, you know, our industry and casting a broad net over hospitality and events, we're not famous for being good at conflict resolution. Totally. What happens is, and especially whether it's like a, a, a co worker relationship or an employee relationship or whether it's a client. If someone doesn't like something, you never get asked back. Yep. Whether that's as an employee yep. or as a client. Mm-hmm. So even with our clients, I try to be very like on the front foot with sure. that and say, this is our first time working together. Yeah. We want to do this again with right. you. Right, right. After this event, if there's stuff that you actually want us to do differently or you're really disappointed about, I I just want to make sure you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to know. Mm -hmm. And we understand if something happens and you don't want to work with us again, but we hope that we can learn and grow from this experience. I mean, it's like completing the survey at the end of the customer service Mm -hmm, call. mm -hmm. It's, It's really creating that environment of constructive feedback because then you also set parameters in place where it's not okay to give non-constructively. Sure. Like that kind of like history on it. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're distressed right now and you're taking it out on us. Yep. That's not cool. Yep. So it's boundaries, mm-hmm. how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. That would be another thing that totally. I think in the events and hospitality world, we're not great at doing because it's a service industry. Yeah.
0: So you want to be in the yes business. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's
1: the yes, however, right. or the yes with these sure. parameters.
0: sure. I understand,
1: and I think as a generation, we're starting to move into a a time where it's less acceptable to shit on somebody. Right. Right. Like I feel that that, because I
0: will follow you. Yes. Right.
1: And it's unerasable from the cloud Mm -hmm. internet being Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. controls us all. true. (laughs) So so I think having having that um, healthy boundary setting and conflict resolution got it go together. (laughs) That's good.
0: One other question that I was going to ask you, and you kind of hinted towards it earlier is that you don't want to be known as a catering thing right
3: Mm.
0: i've fallen under the same thing as well Mm. but then when i like tell people what i do with events and private stuff and pop-ups and stuff Mm. and there's like oh so you're a caterer right and so it's like people that and i haven't had this conversation with anybody yet so i want to talk through it with you because Mm. i feel like we're both opinionated on it why Mm. does catering have a bad rap why does no one want so for me professional chef have a restaurant, do whatever. That's like the gold standard, right? Mm. Like that's like, that's to me, that's like being a being a independent label artist, yeah. right? Like you yeah. don't answer to anyone. Like yeah. I own the thing. It's yeah. my own food, whatever, whatever. The complete polar opposite is being a bass player on a cruise ship mm. doing cover songs. Yeah. That's catering. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like this such bad rap. But then, at the other end of the spectrum, you talk to anybody, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Catering's where the money is." Yep. Where? Why does it have such a bad rap? And where, like, how can we reframe it so that, like, yes, we can do what we love, but we're also making money. So you know I, what I, mean? I
1: think the answer is in the question. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So partly catering has a bad rap because that's where the money is, and the more margin you can get, the lazier you become. So things become mass produced. They become tin foils on those,
3: fucking <laughs> chafered cheaper chafer, <laughs> yeah,
1: things. Yeah, I do not put those out. Like we did it once, and I was like, never yeah, again. Yeah, we did it once because, again, in the early days, you take the business where you mm-hmm, can get it, and mm-hmm. the client was like, that's just what we want. Sure. And again, as an artiste,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> right, you, you you have to find your lane, mm-hmm. get to a place where you're confident in it, and be, and then go. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out on a, a thousand or two thousand bucks, blah, blah blah, but I'm also going to feel like I didn't sell my soul Integrity. for that, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because again, reputational. Got because it. if someone goes to that event and we've got the foil ah. trays <laughs> and the chafing dishes out, it's just like that's their impression of Voyager's table, and do I want that to follow me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, and this is this is where I, I just uh, I I am not cautious but I, I want to make clear mm-hmm. that I have friends who and companies that we collaborate with that we want to work with that are catering companies and we want to work with them because they're fucking awesome mm-hmm. and they care about what they do and every time you get them to do food it is amazing it is well produced it's healthy or it's like delicious and it's it, it there's care
3: mm-hmm.
1: but catering kind of has that reputation of being camp food totally right like it's a bunch of Foil trays with, yep. you know, peat yep. elements mm-hmm. under them, and you mm-hmm. kind of follow a line and you mm-hmm. get your food. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's partly our struggle. It is probably an identity thing. We don't want to be lumped into that yep. kind of perception category. Yep. Yep. Um, also, with catering, the creativity stuff can be perceived to be limited. Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's limited opportunities. That's very cookie cutter. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I think I think that's a that's a thing, right? For me, it's that that's not my swim lane because it's not my skill. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know how to mass produce for a professional event a sure. um, hundred covers mm-hmm. of canapes, mm-hmm. pass hors d'oeuvres yep. type thing. Yep. Yep. Now, have I done it? Yeah, yeah. we did it for Granddad all the time. <laughs> yeah. My record, I'm like, this is one of my greatest achievements in life. <laughs> Was six courses of canapes, hors d'oeuvres, whatever you want to call them, for 650 people.
0: Holy shit. Our
1: budget was $650.
0: Jesus Christ.
3: Now,
1: we did that because everybody was volunteering. We all donated our time, Uh so it was food costs, and I am really good at making a food budget stretch. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's... You know, that's a life achievement. Mm-hmm. Is it what I think I'm good at doing professionally? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I good at helping nonprofits find creative ways to stretch a budget as far as possible? Yeah. Sure. As demonstrated by my ability to feed 650 sure. people for yeah, yeah, yeah. 650 bucks. Right. But it, you know, like... Get in it's that the bit the food production bit wasn't the bit where I uh-huh. was actually shining it was in the the sourcing and the resourcefulness and engaging volunteers and blah blah blah
2: uh-huh.
1: um, so that, yeah it's the, it's a tricky thing. Because we need catering companies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and me personally, when we're doing large scale event production, we need caterers who are excited to work with us who want to do cool things. But we also recognize that has to cost money, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Especially in King County when, Mm -hmm. you know, minimum wage and blah, blah, blah. And then food costs, costs of goods is like the number one thing that most food businesses struggle with. It's like food costs and labor. Right. Right. So then how do you, you know, like, mm-hmm. navigate that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a really tricky thing.
0: I've thought about completely flipping it on its head and just calling myself a caterer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that people are, like... Because there's such a negative sometimes to it, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, if you present yourself as that, yeah. but you just, like... It's, it's the under-promise, over-deliver thing, yeah. right? Like, if you yeah. say, like, you're a caterer, yeah. and then you show up and, like, do what you do is being amazing, yeah. you basically end up standing out in that category, yeah. right? Because yep. at a certain point, no one no one cared. like you have to make it easy for someone to yep. categorize you.
1: Exactly, because right? if it doesn't make sense, they're not going to I mean, you, you
0: can, can tell know. someone that you're a boutique event planner experience executor.
1: they mm-hmm.
0: They're not going to like how do you tell your friend about that? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean?
1: Exactly.
0: <clears throat> Constantly a so balance.
1: Language that we have used to kind of also help clarify again about setting boundaries mm-hmm. so when we talk about what we do it's event production and specialty catering got it so the word got specialty it. yeah 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 doesn't mean that it's more fancy than someone else who runs a catering mm-hmm. business it's more that it means that we're going to say no totally. to certain types of things because it's, it's not, not in our specialty. Our totally exactly got it so that's kind of this the very plain you know sixth grade English because yep. yep. you want to have language that is really mm-hmm. able to be understood mm-hmm. whether it's your website or whatever mm-hmm. by the majority of the population right and then it's going alright who's my target demographic what's the language I use to reach them yeah got it so okay. I think it's finding that that balance but yeah it's been helpful for us to say event production and specialty catering particularly in a city like Seattle and mm-hmm. I, I say this with love that isn't as as Fancy yep. event kind of totally. out there. We're a we're a city of introverts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who like our Pacific Northwest life. Right, and we wear our you know <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the 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 North Face jackets oh, yeah. and this, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and the funniest story is one of my friends in New York. I tell this all the time, but like I really. Saw the difference between the two cities between New York and Seattle. We went out to dinner, and like he's like my personal stylist in the sense that we go shopping and he'll like dress me yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. get you know right. outfits blah blah blah. We went out to dinner, and I had gone to meet them straight from the office. It was a we work in New York that I was working out of, um, and I'm in my regular Seattle work <laughs> appropriate gear, uh, sneakers. Black athleisure leggings and a, like a chambray denim top. Sure. It's, it's dressed yep. up for the yep. off. You know, it's dressed yep. enough. Mm-hmm. He took one look at me with my backpack on my back and he was like, the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> you're in New York now. You cannot be telling people that I'm your stylist if you're going to dress oh like this. Oh my God. And I went.
0: Savage. Oh,
1: <laughs> brutal, yep. but true. Yep. And I'm yep. like, yep. Yeah.
0: It's true. Yep. It's so true.
1: And it's, I kind of like that about Seattle, mm-hmm, right? Like I like mm-hmm. that about our city—that it's more understated. Totally. Because actually, for me, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to do stuff that hasn't been done here yet, mm-hmm. to wow people, to to make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Where when and we're not competing with quite as many. Totally.
0: People. I mean, that's why I moved here.
1: Yeah, I so. mean, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of good and bad.
0: If there's anybody who's wanting to. Get in touch with you or ask any other questions or find more about you. Where do you want people to find you online?
1: Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, at Voyager's Table, Voyager's Table. (laughs) I think it's funny. Every time I say my business name to an American, I have to pronounce it American. Voyager's. Yeah, because we don't pronounce our R's R's. in Australia. So at Voyager's Table, um, or you can email us at hello at Voyager's Table dot com. Got it.
0: Hey, hello. There you are. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I certainly had a great time, but for now, I want to dive deeper and dissect some of the takeaways, starting first with that concept of spec work. I don't think this could be a larger enough takeaway, especially in the event space. If you're first starting off, do you want your second ever event to be hosting Elon Musk's birthday party? Fuck no. That sounds terrifying. Like, do you you want event number 347 or event number 2708 to be Elon's birthday? Because then when the bartender shows up with 200 pounds of ice and there's no freezer or when the dishwashing machine pipe explodes or when one of the guest's mom throws up just inches of the cake, uh, you'll, you might have caught in the interview I bring up that I've seen this before moment, and I think that's so powerful. So how do you get those 300... First events. Start with one spec event and realize that, hey, if this is something that I truly want, regardless of whether it's a hot dog food truck or a Cirque du Soleil themed wedding company, you can then offer those services to someone who is already looking for something in that wheelhouse and say that, hey, I'll do it for free. And then you take that and then you document that event. And that's how you get event number two. And then you get feedback and then you iterate and then event number three. And then you're kind of off to the races from there. Another point that she brought up but then I was pretty quick to categorize it for her was this idea of radical transparency. I personally didn't come up with that. That is from Ray Dalio's book Principles, which I really, really enjoyed. I think Jade is super good at saying, look, I'm overwhelmed right now. I have time to help you, but this is what I need. And these are just some of the things that she's completely open about with her employees. And this is from me firsthand witnessing it at events. And then that will extend to her clients where she'll say things like, listen, this is the first time we're working with you and we want to do a great job. Tell us how we can do that and I feel like that then leads to these rock solid relationships that she surrounds herself with and I couldn't personally be a bigger fan of that practice and of course last up a topic that I've been struggling with but also uh, champion a lot in these interviews is the idea of staying in your lane and saying no. Jade only says yes to something like four weddings a year because she knows that weddings are not in her lane so why say yes to them if she's excited and confident at uh, working with something else. So I think some of the language that she used, marketing herself as a specialty caterer and branding the business in a certain way are definitely some tactful takeaways that you can use as kind of ways to automate that filtering process for clients so you aren't getting these random questions because you categorize and talk about yourself in a certain way Uh, if someone reads your page on google and it says polynesian inspired pig roasts you probably won't get the phone call from someone's daughter's backyard cupcake and tea party, right? And that's okay. It's not the end of the world if if those requests don't come through. But you risk becoming a commodity if you're just kind of okay at a lot of things or you can do a lot of things. Being able to say no is very very valuable and it's something that I'm personally working on as well. It's not to say that you can't expand either. I really liked the fact that Jade is opening is open to experimenting outside of her typical realm where she says between 10 and 15% of the events that she does are kind of challenging. And pushing the limits of what she feels comfortable with and that is how over time you're able to kind of improve as an organization so i really hope you enjoyed this interview if you're watching these takeaways on igtv the full podcast is available anywhere that you enjoy listening you can also head over to justincona.com slash podcast to see not only this episode but uh, any of the show notes you can also make a one-time donation to support this show uh, through that link or you can even become a monthly supporter of the emulsion podcast on patreon.com slash justincona if you have any questions for jade please check out voyager's table that is voyager's table right here on instagram or you can check out her links on any of the show notes or if you're watching on youtube it's down low in the description until next time roll the outro thanks for listening to the emulsion podcast i appreciate your ears more than you know if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help sponsor the show head on over to patreon.com slash justin other ways you can help out right now include giving this show a review on itunes so more people can find it i also love seeing you folks liking and commenting on the video if you listen in that way or even just share this episode with a friend now is normally why i would tell you that my name is justin kana and i hope you have a good one but you've probably got another podcast episode to listen to so i'm just gonna get out of the out of the way here excuse, excuse me